in beautiful North Florida celebrating two years of color commentary, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And yes, I am still your baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks, as well as your tour guide for the wacky and really detached from reality world of Joe Biden's America. And believe me, there's still a lot of that going on. But I am utterly amazed that here we are only in the second week of January of a new year. And there is more stuff going on that is just completely mind-boggling and kind of makes your, well, I mean, it makes essentially your brain blow up. Uh, but we'll get into the, what I mean here in just a moment. But as always, uh, you can simply email us at inblackandright at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, inblackandright.net. Uh, and I also would encourage you uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, follow, subscribe, get notified when new episodes are uh, uploaded. And hey... There we go, folks. And we also have a pretty big social media presence. We are on X and True Social, Getter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, amongst others. So here we go, folks. Today was a day that just did not make any sense to me. I mean, it doesn't. Now, the whole sentencing sweetheart deal that the mysterious Ray Epps got was just one more fuel to the already fed surrection fire. Now, for those who aren't familiar with Ray Epps, and you really want to, you really ought to learn about this guy, I would strongly suggest going to revolver.news, great website. Uh, Darren Beatty, oh gosh, what, almost two years ago, really got into Ray Epps and who he is, what he did, and why all of a sudden is he getting all this sympathy from uh, the mainstream press, the New York Times, crybaby uh, Adam Kinzinger, the former congressman, thank God for that. I mean, all of a sudden, you've got even 60 Minutes making him look sympathetic, uh, like a victim. But yet, here's what's really annoying. Now, keep in mind, I want to basically play you this really a pretty quick uh, audio clip of who Ray Epps is and what he did. Now, this is audio from January 5th, the evening of the 5th, 2021, the day before the Fed surrection, this is what he did. Tomorrow! Tomorrow! Well, let's not say it. We need to go in. Face Fed pussy? We need to go into the Capitol! Tomorrow! 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 T
Yeah, this this is just messed up, folks. It's messed up. That was only a just a portion of what he did. Now, he's talking about surrounded with a group of people around him going to try to get him into the Capitol. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. I mean, in the Capitol. This is exactly what the mainstream media has completely ignored. This, what he did was an was actual insurrection, inciting people to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. So yeah, this is just a mess, folks. But also, that was January 5th. On January 6th, there's even more audio and video of Ray Epps. Essentially, just seconds before the first breach of the Capitol on the west side of the building, yeah, he was there, whispered into some guy's ear, and then boom, there we go. All hell breaks loose. This is nuts. Uh, I mean, and that's just the beginning. Now, Ray Epps, after that, was one of the first people on the FBI's most wanted list. He was there. There was his picture. They had identified him and everything. And, yeah. So, there he is. And even people, even the FBI was asking the public for help. Now, a few months, a few months later, here comes Darren Beatty and Revolver News doing a in-depth investigation into Ray Epps and his activity. And then all of a sudden, in July, uh, I believe of 2022, he, his picture was removed from the FBI website and the FBI field office in Phoenix refused to acknowledge his existence. And that was the beginning of the really sketchy uh, sort of, you know, saga of Ray Epps. Now, Epps, who has apparently been a figure that Adam Kinzinger, crybaby Kinzinger, of the January 6th kangaroo court, defended. He defended this. And yet, the average J6 political prisoner are getting multiple year sentences for things that are just as I mean it's essentially it's political persecution you have grandmas who only I guess quote unquote crime was walking through the capital with a police escort didn't destroy any property didn't do anything and yet they're getting thrown into prison pre-trial confinement denied all kinds of due process and yeah and so here's Ray Epps gets off scot-free and it, it's just ridiculous he own for a guy who is there's been plenty and I do mean plenty of material to convict him 
all he gets away with is one year probation, $500 fine, and some community service. That's it. That is it. And this only further adds fuel to the Fed's erection fire. And I'd really love to see what happens now. Now that he's gotten his sweetheart deal, what's going to happen? Especially when more information about January 6th comes out. It, it's just ridiculous, folks. It is absolutely full-on ridiculous. But there is more to this. There is more. Because with this sweetheart deal, uh, Epps, Ray Epps, is, well, there's, he's, I have a feeling he's going to be called as a witness either by the government or the defense. And Julie Kelly, fantastic reporting on this, and she's talking about the trial of Ryan Samsel, the young man who had Ray Epps whispering in his ear before the first exterior breach at the Capitol. Now, this is going to be interesting. Now, if Epps is called as a witness in this trial, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Is he going to invoke his Fifth Amendment rights or, or what? But the Ray Epps saga is still a mess. And if you really want to get into the really nitty-gritty minutia of this, definitely go to revolver.news and you can go through their archive because they've got a lot. They have a lot on this guy. So here we go. But that, that was bad enough. Um, but now, here's what's even crazier. Even crazier news. We now know, according to NBC News and other media outlets, that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was diagnosed with prostate cancer when he made his, well, I guess, disappearance. And we're finding out that the defense, the defense secretary told nobody, or at least not many people knew, that he had just disappeared, he was unavailable. Now, of course, before the whiners... Uh, get started and warmed up it's like yes he absolutely needed to deal with something as serious as prostate cancer okay uh just you know that just just shut up and stop the whining and the fact that he's black somehow he must have thought that that was going to be enough to save his hide maybe not so much because as i've read accounts that not even his deputy, the, the second in charge at the Pentagon, the Deputy Secretary of Defense, she didn't even know. She was on vacation in Puerto Rico when Secretary Austin went into the hospital. Nobody knew. Not, jeez, that's crazy. I mean, when you have a major cabinet officer 
especially when you're talking Secretary of Defense. And Lloyd Austin is a 40-year veteran. He knew what he needed to do, but no. Apparently, he just kind of went, went to the hospital, didn't tell anybody, and it made a huge hole in the command structure of our nation's military. Now, Cash Patel, who is the, a former Defense Department Chief of Staff, a guy who knows this stuff, wrote a very thoughtful but scathing uh, op-ed in the Gateway Pundit. And I'm going to be putting that on uh, in blackandright.net and uh, many and a lot of our social media platforms because this needs to be read from a guy Cash Patel who knows what happens he knows what the deal is and for him to do what he did in spite of the fact that he was treating a serious illness you just can't do that when you're the Secretary of Defense you just can't go off a wall MIA and just do whatever no especially not at a time when we've got a shooting war in Ukraine a shooting war in Israel and Houthi rebels attacking uh, naval carrier groups in the Red Sea around the opening of the Suez Canal you can't do that and frankly uh, Austin you know in his ego hey dude you need to go he needs to go period and when you read uh, Cash Patel's op-ed you'll know precisely why it's not anything to do with you know disagreement politically there are protocols and laws in place when you're dealing with something like this and Secretary Austin didn't follow uh, any of it none of it so that's gonna that's bad enough but oh my goodness Ugh. that's pretty insane but we continue on now as I told people uh, even before the end of 2023 2024 is going to be a trip it's going to be a serious trip and there are people even Democrat and the Democrat Party who don't they don't want Biden they don't want him he's old he's got problems and there's no way and he can't campaign from his basement mm -mm. not when a guy like Trump is putting up a full court press and he's going I mean and I'll leave, I'll definitely deal with Trump attending this um, hearing in DC today uh, I won't be able to do it today but I will get into it tomorrow a little bit because we have some judges the federal judiciary is just as wackadoodle and messed up in their heads or as I tend to call them cuckoo in the head than all of these folks at the DOJ including Jack Smith Merrick Garland Christopher Ray and all of those fun folks Ugh. but interestingly enough recently Michelle Obama 
uh, did an interview where she actually got a little bit political and this is fueling some speculation that uh, many have had that Michelle Obama could run in Joe Biden's place, which would be Obama 4.3.0, whatever. You know, this is just nuts. But Mo Dr. Monica Crowley was discussing this with War Room host Steve Bannon and Monica Crowley, Dr. Monica Crowley is a very sharp lady, but this should be taken seriously considered, considering what we're dealing with right now with Joe Biden and this crazy uh, Valley Forge speech that he did last Friday. Oy. Anyway, here's um, a little bit of the uh, interview with Monica Crowley and Steve Bannon. Watch out for Michelle Obama, the Obamas are not going to let this thing slip away with an incompetent like uh, Joe Biden? Yeah, hey, great to see you, Steve. Um, yeah, our good friend Joel Gilbert produced a film, a documentary, in early 2022 called Michelle Obama 2024. I had him on my podcast. We talked about it. And then I took the main stage at CPAC late February of 2022, along with our good friend Jack Kosovic and some others. And I raised the possibility of Michelle Obama. And you could hear a pin drop in that auditorium, Steve. I gotta tell you, when I mentioned the possibility of Michelle Obama being the Democrat nominee, you could hear total silence in that auditorium. Thousands of people just went, oh, collective gasp, because it had not occurred to anybody. But, you know, Joel really lays it out very well in his documentary, lays out that Michelle Obama is a complete fraud when it comes to race, race issues and embracing the blackness and, and the rest of it. So I recommend it to everybody. But now we're at the point where the Democrats have to make a decision. And the powers that be, the leftist power brokers, I think have now decided that this is not 2020. They cannot run this corrupt, demented hack called Joe Biden from the uh, basement again. They cannot do it. And, uh, you know, they've made too much progress over the last four years and the previous eight under Barack Obama to allow another Trump victory to interrupt all of that. So, you know, obviously we're living through Obama 3.0 right now. Barack and Michelle want Obama 4.0 and 5.0. And what better way to achieve that than by running her? Oh, okay. Now, this is kind of creepy to me I mean I, I'm not surprised but oh my 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 Michelle Obama replacing Joe Biden as the nominee OMG now some people I mean I actually was in attendance uh, at CPAC 2022 uh, when this happened I, I was there covering it uh, for the show in its early days, and I'm just going, oh my goodness. And, and, I mean, and it's, and the reaction, yeah, it seemed a bit far-fetched, but now, here we are, January 2024, we're 10 months away from the election, and the Democrats just can't risk Biden again. They can't. They And Monica Crowley made great points. They can't run him from the basement 
uh, again. This isn't going to be like 2020 because way too many people are savvy enough to know that, hey, you can't do, we're not going to fall for this, but it's not going to stop them from trying to cheat. But they're going to have problems, uh, especially the, the lawfare that's going on. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, but these judges are just major league wackadoodles. And just to, once again, kind of give folks a brief lesson in politics. Because if you're an incumbent, and I spoke on this the other day, if you're an incumbent, you're going to have to take the Reagan approach. Are you better off four years? Are you better off now than you were four years ago? And Joe Biden, uh uh, no. If you're, I mean, unless you're pretty much brainwashed by uh, the Democrats, any fair minded person, unless you are the rare, rare category of someone who's gotten rich or whatever, but Millions of Americans, uh-uh. The Democrats don't care. The working class, forget it. The white working class, uh-uh. It, the traditional groups, the traditional demographics for Democrats, it's not the same. You, blue-collar union folks, forget it. They, aban they abandoned them back in 2016. This is why Trump won states like Ohio and Michigan uh, and some of the other states uh, that have manufacturing. Uh, blacks, Hispanics, minorities, uh, no. Uh, Biden's support amongst that group is deteriorating at best, hemorrhaging at worst, especially among Hispanics and black men because folks in Chicago you I would love somebody who's all woke and whatever you go to the south side of Chicago and you ask random black folks and how they're loving this whole thing about sanctuary cities and all these immigrants illegal immigrants coming in and messing up their lives oh yeah they're they're not going to give you a round of applause or roll out the red carpet. They will roll out the red carpet for Donald Trump because they know, they know, they know, they know. Even if it's only on an instinctive level, these folks know that Trump is gonna fix this whole mess in Chicago, in New York, reaching out to minorities. Heck, he's already done it. Back in 2016, I mean, hey, his famous line, what have you got to lose? And black folks enjoyed some real good benefits under Trump's first term. They did. But I'll tell you, and they're sick of this. They're sick of the whole thing with the invasion of illegals coming across the border, 8 to 10 million or more by the time the election happens in November, the mass deportations that are going to have to take place. Now, I'm thinking, you know, the sensible minorities would be okay with this. 
it's the leftist uh, minorities, leftist blacks, leftist Hispanics, and other groups who would just freak out. Just completely freak out, have a meltdown, and whatever. And most of them are going to be white. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, I'll go there. It's going to be mostly white liberals who are going to have the biggest meltdown. It, when you start to have to let ICE do their dang job, which they should have been doing already. Same with the Border Patrol. And, oh my, my, my. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to do the tough stuff. Trump can do that. Yes, and I know there are going to be people who are going to be all kinds of enraged and ticked off and, and what have you, and I don't really freaking care. We have to save this country. We have to send these folks back. And them playing the asylum game? No. And people like Ben Burkwam, I hope I can run into him this year. This dude's a, a stud. He goes to the tough places and brings to the people. Forget the mainstream media. They're worthless. Forget the establishment Republicans. They're even more worthless. The truth has to be told by somebody. And I'm glad that Ben Berkwam of Real America's Voice is one of them. Oh, my, my, my. This is insane. But I did warn folks. I warned y'all. 2024 is going... And this is just... We're not even in the middle of January. And yet, we're already getting a real indication of how tumultuous and how rough it's going to be this year. I really wish it wasn't, but this is life in wartime. And even for my Christian friends, who I love dearly, you're going to have to start thinking in terms of a wartime mindset. You have to, because this is war. I mean, it is spiritual war, it is information warfare, it's all kinds of stuff like that, all simultaneously hitting us to get people into fear, to get them into some type of bondage mentally that, oh no, I mean, all Joe Biden has to run on is fear, protecting our democracy. Translation, our regime, our totalitarianism, our fascism. And that is true. I have no problem saying it. These people are masters of psychological projection. They accuse their opponents of what they themselves are actually doing. You got to understand that. That's a, that's a foundational principle of how these people are going to work. And they're going to do it all year long. All year long. And yes, in uh, six days, we have the Iowa caucuses and Trump is working it. He's working it. And, I'm, and his team of surrogates are uh, going across the state as well. And Jack Smith, or Jack Squat, whichever you prefer, he is doing absolutely whatever he can to keep that March trial date. And I don't believe it's going to work because he got too cute by half when he said to the Supreme Court, hey, rule on this and 
the and the the Supreme Court's not going to expedite it. They're just going to take their own sweet time, which means you might not get a decision until June, just before the court ends, and that's really going to put a monkey wrench in all of uh, Jack Smith's plans and Tanya Shutkin as well, the equally corrupt judge. But I'll tell you, this is going to be interesting, though. Uh, since we're talking about Trump trials, <laughs> well, Big Fanny Willis down up in uh, Fulton County, there in Atlanta, apparently is being accused of having an extramarital affair and that somehow her lover uh, got financially uh, rewarded because of it. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting because I'm firmly convinced that a lot of things that have been hidden in darkness, they're going to get exposed. And they are getting exposed. And it's just up to God's people to do what they have to do and because this is not something that you can be passive about. You just kind of, oh, no, 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 I'm, I just don't want to do that. Well, you're going to have to. If you don't want to get, you know, into the trenches, that's cool. That's cool. I just said, well, fine. For those who do want to get into the trenches, I say, come on, y'all, let's go. We are going, we have to actually be a little proactive here instead of reactive if we want our kids and our grandkids to inherit the blessings that we've enjoyed then we're going to have to step up we're going to have to actually get involved politically yes i mean i'm sorry this is not going to go over well with some people but we're going to have to we just have to because if we don't then frankly, we deserve what we get. It's that simple for me. But hey, what can you do, folks? Oh, well, my friends, I think today, I think I'm done. But it's going to be interesting for the rest of this week because I will be talking about Fauci's testimony that's uh, being deposed right now. And believe me, this isn't really much of a surprise. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit, maybe tomorrow. But for now, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Please, again, find us on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all of them in black and right, R-I-G-H-T, or just look for my name, Jerry Brooks. And until tomorrow, my friends, take care of yourselves. God bless you. And as always, remember, patriots come in all colors. <laughs>